Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. we strive to build a great house for you. Lord, give us the grace, give us the anointing, give us the faith to attain what is great before you. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of God. You are welcome to tonight's session. I want to believe that God has started something fantastic with all of us. Can somebody say amen? amen. God has some started something fantastic with all of us. Amen. amen. And I know that he who has begun a good work, he's faithful to bring it to a perfect end. Amen. amen. A perfect end is an end with good results. I see you enjoying good results. A perfect end is where you want to be. I said, let's say you are in a relationship. When we talk about a perfect end, a perfect end is when that relationship has ended in a happy marriage. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Not that you are jilted halfway along the line. Not that six months to the wedding date, he says, my mother says I shouldn't marry short girls. My mother said, and usually they blame their mother. I don't know. Mother-in-law's really struggling. Everything they say, the mother. Hallelujah. Anybody who's telling my mother said, the person himself is not serious. Ask that person that, have you done everything your mother asked you to do? Because if you have done everything your mother asked you to do, we will be all, <laughs> we won't be in this situation. It's as simple as that. Or everything you have done, it's your mother who asked you to do it. We won't be in this situation. Can somebody say amen? amen. But when they need a scapegoat, then they put it on the mother. 
Can somebody say amen? But may every venture you start reach a perfect end. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So tonight, I just want to continue from where we left off. We said that we must accomplish exploits for God. This year, we want to accomplish great things for God. The Bible says in Daniel 11.32 that they that know their God will be strong and shall do exploits. So I said exploits are great things, great achievements. And this year, I want to do something great for God. Amen. Amen. I established that anybody who does something great for God or from this scripture that we read, it shows that number one, the person knows God. Because it says, those who know their God will be strong. Not those who don't know their God, but those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. So you see somebody doing something fantastic for God, it means the person knows God. So I can even say that the extent to which you know God determines what you are able to accomplish for God. Hallelujah. The extent to which you know your God determines what you are able to accomplish for God. I also said that if you see somebody doing exploits, it means the person is strong. Hallelujah. Shaka was strong. That's why he was able to battle the white man in his time. You don't hear of any other weak brother moving around battling for the person's name to be in the history books. No, you have to be strong. Amen. I hear that in Shaka's time, he let them stop putting armor at the back of the soldiers, like their armor. That's why there's nothing at the back. In Shaka's time, you won't wear an armor with your back covered because you don't need to protect your back. The only time you need protection at your back is when you are running away. And it's only cowards who, who fight with their backs turned to their enemies. Yeah, fight like a man. So the armor needs to protect your front because that's where you are coming to battle. You know, you are fighting today, you turn your back. What, what are you using your Are you a hunchback? What are you using your back for? He had to be strong to accomplish something that we have named a whole airport after him. Kinshaka International Airport. Hallelujah. So when you see somebody doing something great, the person is strong. May you be strong. I said, may you be a strong Christian. May you be strong in everything you are doing so that you can accomplish something great. Amen. Now, I said that we are attempting something great for God. And in some fields, when you attempt something, it's even considered as an achievement. That you attempted, not even that you, you were successful. The fact that you could even make the attempt. It tells us that at least you have acquired a certain type of training. Amen. I gave you a good example. In the accounting field, ACCA, SEMA, and Co. When you even write the exam and you fail, they give you a certificate of participation. When you are looking for jobs, when the employer sees that you participated in this thing, Although you were not successful, the employer knows that you have acquired a certain set of knowledge in that field. When they put you here and they put somebody who hasn't done it at all, they prefer you to that person. Because 
to even be ready to pass, to get the, 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 to do the assignments, all the things that are to qualify for the grand exam. You must know something. You definitely must know something. Even, even to raise them in our time, when you finish first degree, you go to London and then you work and then you do ACCA at the same time or you work and you do SEMA. To even be in London and be working and doing the program, it means that you are tough. Because when you are in London and you are not even doing any program, it's tough. <laughs> you don't have to pay for any program. It's already tough. Then now you are in London working, hustling, and putting yourself through school, you must be strong. Oh, yes. You must be strong to be able to do that. So, when you see somebody attempt something, it tells you that that person is better, that person is stronger, that person is more prepared than the person who is doing nothing, who has not made any attempt at all. And I'm saying that this year, let's make an attempt to accomplish something great for God. Yeah. Every single one of us, let us make an attempt to accomplish something great for God. What is this great thing we want to accomplish for God? We read in 2 Timothy 2.19 that nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. For God knows them that are his. And anyone who names the name of the Lord should depart from iniquity. Do you get it? Then it says, in a great house. In what? A great house. In where? A great house. In a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Some to honor and some to dishonor. Hallelujah. So we see that in a, a, something that the Bible calls great is the house of God. And we said this year, let's, be, let's make an attempt to build a great house for God. A great house. We read from other versions, it says, in a large house. So let's build a large house for God. Let us attempt to build a large house for the Lord. You are in the choir, let us attempt to build a large choir for the Lord. You are in airport stars, let us attempt to build a large airport stars for the Lord. You are in prayer ministry, let's attempt to build a large prayer team for God. What is wrong if you come here on a Saturday morning and 100 people are here praying to God? 100 people who belong to the prayer basanta and they are just here to pray. It is possible. The only reason why it looks audacious is that you have not pictured it. You have not thought about it. That can it be, can it not? But if you put your mind to it and you can, you can, you can picture it, oh, you will see that it's possible. You will see that it is possible. And I said, let's build a church of 1,000 people. The number 1,000 is a very big number. You think about it. You count one all the way to 100. Once upon a time, I had a treasurer when I first started out as a missionary in 2004. I think around the month of March. No, around the month of November. I had a church service. I had only four or five members. My wife, myself, plus four or five members. So we had a service and we took an offering. 
And after we took the offering, my treasurer went to sit there. To, I'm telling you why I think 1,000 is a very big number. Now, this my treasurer went to count the offering. So, because it's a small church, it's a family church, let's say this is all the church. Let's take out these big pastors. Yes, this is the church. I'm the pastor, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six. One of you is the treasurer. In fact, two of you are the treasurers. So, we finished church. So, the treasurers were in one session counting the offering. And then, my wife and I were also with some other people just doing what we usually do after church, talking to the people and, look, let's do the church. Though it's small, it will become big. Using all kinds of scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. Then I heard, I heard the treasurer counting the offering. So I think there were some 20 rands. So she put 20 rands, 40 rands. Then there was a 10 rand. So she added a 10 rand, said 50 rand. Then the rest were coins. I was wondering who gave those coins anyway. But she started to count the coins. So 51, 52, 53. We were still ministering on the side. 54, 55, 56, 57, 58. 59, and as a pastor, when they are counting your offering, the numbers are going up. You are happy because the church needs money. So from 59, I heard, I said I'm explaining to you why a thousand is a very big number. From 59, Pastor Merlin, I heard from the corner of my eye. Not even my ear, so from the corner of my eye, she went from 59 to 5010. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I thought for a moment, maybe they've invented 500 run notes, fresh 501 run notes, which she has just added. I don't know. So I look carefully from the corner of my, if I am hearing right. And she counted 50, 10, 50, 11, 50, 12. I told my wife, we, this girl cannot be our treasurer or else we will be very poor. We changed it that same day. That was the last day she, we reshuffled the cabinet. That's all. Then look, singing will be good for you. When you come and say, I will build your house. I will build your house. I'll build a mega chair. Will you be, that's, your, that's your area. Stay there. But numbers. 50, 10. Stop laughing. We had a president before who also couldn't know the numbers. He couldn't tell us which numbers were the numbers. You, do you remember that? That our... Yeah, even we had an education minister or health, one of them who was telling us that we are going to reduce the social distancing from uh, one meter to, I think, five, five, 500 meters. I mean, it's like we are reducing it from one meter to 500 meters on national television. So, at, not everybody can count to a thousand. 
Hallelujah. And not so many churches have a thousand members. Oh, no. Even here in Marisburg. Not, and, and that's an unfortunate fact. But not many churches have a thousand members. That's why I'm saying that. Let us attempt to build something that is great to the Lord. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't we go out attempting it? We are a church. What are we supposed to do? Grow that church to the glory of God. And I told you yesterday that, listen, a thousand-seater church, although the, the number thousand sounds great and grand, is just a hundred or ten hundreds or hundred tens. So if we can have hundred people who will rise up to say, we are going to join the bank wagon to build this great house, and each person will pastor only ten people, we will have a thousand-seater church. We'll have a thousand-seater church. If each one of you will rise and say, I will pastor my ten, pastor your ten, you to pastor your ten, you to pastor your ten, when we bring all together, we'll have a thousand people. I see it happening in our time. I said, I see it happening in our time. Join your faith with my faith and let's go after it. In December, the prophet said to us, Every one of us should build a church of 1,000 people. Once the prophet has said it, I believe it's a prophetic direction for us all. It's like if he's the head of the church, which we belong to, and he has given us a vision, then that's the vision we should drive at. Hallelujah. We believe God has called him to lead us. Then what he has asked us to do, let's follow it. Let's believe it. And let's press. Maybe this is the time that the grace for it has come. Hallelujah. Maybe the grace was not there before. That's why we go, we come, we go. But maybe this time the grace is readily available. Let's key into it and let's press for it. 1,000 Sita Church. And yesterday I prayed for a couple of us. I believe that they anointed. You see, when Saul anointed Samuel, and when Samuel anointed Saul in, 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 in 1 Samuel 10. You know, before 1 Samuel 10, Saul was an ordinary person. Ordinary, I mean, ordinary. In fact, he was one of those boys that when you need something done, like something that doesn't require a lot of wisdom, a lot of skill, a lot, then you call him to go and do it. You know, there are some, some of us at the homes, when they are having a meeting, they just give us something to do so that we are far away because your presence at the meeting causes confusion. So, so go and bring chairs from the, the, the neighbor's house on the next three streets. By the time you come back, they finish their discussion. When you come with the chairs, you are wondering, ah, what are they going to use their chairs for? They say, oh, the visitors have gone. Take it back. Saul was like that. So when his father's donkeys were lost, they sent him to go and find the donkeys. He went roaming for three, four days not finding the donkeys. That's how irrelevant he was. But the Bible says when he met the prophet Samuel and Samuel anointed him. Samuel said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you to be captain over his people? He said, God has anointed you to make you a captain. A captain is somebody who is in charge of other people. You can't be a captain with nobody. 
So if God has anointed you yesterday, he has anointed you to become a captain of 10 people. Some of you have been anointed to become a captain of 50 people. Some of you have been anointed to become a captain of 100 people. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised where the abilities are coming from. Yes, suddenly you will see you have, you, you have acquired the skill, the ability, even the room, the capacity to cater for one for 100 people like you have. 10 leaders who you cater for who are leading other 10 people. Suddenly, that ability will come to bear. So, someone said to Saul, when you meet the prophet, when the time comes, you will begin to prophesy. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you will be turned into somebody else. You will be turned into another person. What you are usually not, you will become it. So, the anointing oil that I put on you, it's a, it's a symbol of the presence of God upon your life. You will see when you move out of this place after these three days of convention and you start to put the word into practice, you will see that a supernatural grace will come upon you to get it done. I see you getting it done. We went on to say that a great, one of the major characteristics of a great house Today, I'll give you two keys and we'll go back. One of the major characteristics of a great house is that a great house has variety. Amen. It has what? Variety. We said they are not only vessels of gold and of silver and of wood and of earth. So, the Bible shows us that there are different types of vessels in a great house. What is a vessel? A vessel is a carrier, something that carries things. Yeah. So, so, so Paul says to us that when you see a great house, the way you know a great house is that there are different types of vessels inside the house. There are vessels of gold. I see you as a vessel of gold. There are vessels of silver. I see you as a vessel of silver. There are vessels of wood. You are a vessel of wood. They are, they are vessels of what? Earth. And I told you, this variation is not necessarily quality. No. It's not necessarily quality. But rather, variety in what can be done. Look, you will see children's spoons are usually plastic. Plastic. Why don't you give children a glass spoon? Why? Because it's dangerous. You put the medicine, you are just put small panadol. He says his head is aching him. You are giving him small panadol by the time you realize he has beaten the spoon. Yeah, that's why they are, they are, they are, their spoons are plastic. Because even if it's a, a silver spoon, if he bites, it can, it can break his teeth. So they say, give a plastic spoon. So, does it mean that the silver spoon is better than the, the, the plastic spoon? No, the purpose, the purpose, the purpose, the purpose, the purpose. That's why there are very few golden cups, golden cups. Because when we pour some of the drinks we drink into some of these cups, what happens is that the, 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 the metal has a way of corroding into what you have poured. So you are drinking Coca-Cola. You have poured it in. Or communion wine. 
you are poor. By the time you realize it has a shiny, I don't know if you have seen it before, it has a shiny layer. What, where do you think the shiny layer came from? When you were pouring it from the bottle, it didn't have a sheen on it. But once it goes into that particular metallic thing, it comes with a shiny finish. You are just drinking metals into your stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You now have golden intestines. You make a golden poo. When you lay an egg, it's a golden egg. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So, it's not always that gold is special, especially in this case. That's why a lot of the plates we eat in, they are ceramic. They are ceramic. So, when your food goes into it, nothing comes from the plate into your food. You don't eat any foreign object or chemical or element. I'm an art student, so I have to use all of them. So that whichever one is right, you take it and put it inside. I said object, chemical, element, or anything. Or matter for that matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, if you're an art student, you have to be good with words. Yes, you cannot be caught in a trap. Yeah. Now you say hydrogen, two, oxide, then you are caught in a trap. No, words. Yeah. So, gold here, silver here, wood here. Some of you are wood. And what you can do, the gold person cannot do it. I said, what you can do, the gold, we can send 100 gold vessels there. They can't achieve what you can achieve. But when we say wood, so, oh, this wood, this wood, slight fire, it will burn. If we were to send gold, it will not burn. Gold perhaps represents this type of hardened members that have no feelings. Yeah. So if there's a problem somewhere, we send you this golden vessel there. You go and be shouting at everybody. So by terror, you have slapped the neighbor. Oh, go and solve the problem in the household. Husband and wife, they are having an argument. Come and bring peace. You are talking to them. The neighbor says, oh, why are you shouting? Then you have gone to slap the neighbor. You, the person we sent... Pastor Melly, imagine you that we sent to go and solve the problem. You have gone to slap the neighbor. You have extended the problem was in one house, but now you have taken it to it's now an area problem. Now you have been arrested, so we have to come and bail you. We have to come and bail you. But if we were to send a vessel made of wood, that wood has feelings. When he's talking to the person, he's gentle. Talk. Maybe the husband is, is, is ruthless. He will not listen to anybody who shouts. He will only listen to somebody who is just sober, cool, modest, and then soft. That's what he will listen to. We have sent this silver member. You are going to cut everybody like a knife. Are, are you understanding? Are you getting my point? I'm not saying any particular one is good. I'm just saying that we can be there and feel. Even earth. It's malleable. You can bend it. You can turn it. You can, you can reshape it for the situation. Some of you cannot be reshaped for anything apart from what you came in. Like yesterday I was saying that in a large house, you have to be accommodating to everybody. Some of you, you have spoken Zulu. Huh? You can never... You don't even... Re- it's not like it's intentional. You don't even realize that... We are four here, but one of us doesn't speak Zulu, so I should speak English. You don't even realize. We have to tell, as soon as we tell, ah, hey, sorry, oh. Then he said, um, 
Could you believe then you start rattling some of the Zulu things again? We just told you now. Then you come back to it. So God is talking about a great house that has variety, different types of people, young people. Oh, this church is not a student's church. No. We have students in the church, but it's not a student's church. If it was a student church, then I'm not allowed to be in the church. Because I stopped being that type of student 20 plus years ago. We have students in the church and we love students. But it's not a student's church. It's not for students only. It's not for, it's not for workers only. It's not for young people only. It's for old people, young people, students, rich, poor. This church is not for poor people only. As for poor people, you always have some because Jesus said, the poor, you always have. It's not me. Jesus is the one who said it. Jesus said, poverty will never be eradicated on this earth. The poor, you will always have with you. I didn't say it. So, by all means, there will be, be one, not even poor people, that that's you. That's you are a poor person. You are, you are in a certain disposition at a, a certain time. It's a poor person that becomes rich. Just as it's a child that grows old, it's a poor person, you start from somewhere to go where you are going. Yeah, this church is for every type of person. It's not just for Zulus. It's not just for Shonas. It's not just for Ghanaians. It's not just, I told you, we used to have colored people with blue eyes and green eyes. The person's eye, the one inside, is green. Yeah. Today's colors that we have, all of them black eyes. Yeah. Even some of them have even diluted. They become, even they don't pass for yellow bones anymore. But those days are coming back. I said those days are coming back. Yeah, we still have Indian people in the church. We need to have them again. We still have white people in the church. We need to have them again. Hallelujah. Because a great house, in every great house there's variety. Right. I'm believing God for a time where when you are a sister in the house and you reach a, a, the age where you must have a beloved and marry, you will be spoiled for choice. Amen. Yeah. We will stand on the stage and then we'll point this one. He said, no. This one, no. This one, maybe. This one, yes. That, that's what it should be. Variety. So many marriable brothers to choose from. Yeah. It is possible when we build a great house. Now, I said the reason why we are not able to do what we must do is found in the next verse, verse 21. It says, therefore, if a man will purge himself of these things. Remember, the main distinction in the verse before is whether you will be to honor or to dishonor. Honor means that you will do what God brought you to do as a vessel. And dishonor means you will neglect what God brought you to the earth to do. Many years ago, one of our pastors came to South Africa. And when he came to South Africa, he went to place himself in a corner. He was in a far place. Then the prophet told him, be careful you don't become a ministry casualty. Yeah, he said all the time when he was there, those words used to ring in his head. I cannot become a ministry 
casual, which means somebody who God has called you for ministry, then you will neglect the ministry and start chasing other things. So he said, all the time I was where I was, it kept ringing in my head. I don't want to become a ministry casual. And he said, I looked for, I did everything I could to get a job. I was in Eastern Cape. I did everything I could to get a job in Pretoria. And just when I got the job in Pretoria and I came, the pastor in Pretoria had to leave. And I, I became the head of the church. This is Bishop Emmanuel Clufio. Yeah. This is Bishop Clufio. Imagine he had gotten stuck where he was. All that we have today, we won't have. We won't have. So when we say a vessel of honor is one who takes the responsibility, the duty that God has given to you, and you get it done. And this Anna is the one who says, look, this is not any important thing. Why? I'm already gold. I'm here. What again do you want? And then you shake it. You become a vessel unto this Anna. So he said, why? How can somebody become a vessel of Anna? He said, if you peg yourself, you peg your, and the word peg is if you remove some things from you, if you empty yourself, then God will pour what he wants to pour we saw the example of the water in the bottle and the Coca-Cola. After we emptied the bottle, we saw the Coca-Cola fill it. So it immediately it turned from a water bottle to a Coca-Cola bottle. When it was a water bottle, none of you asked for it. But when it became full of Coca-Cola, now everybody wanted it. Even me that I made the example, I regretted not emptying my own bottle to put the Coca-Cola in it. Yeah, so today, when I make that example, I'm going to use my own bottle. Can I get an amen from the house? Yeah, so let's empty ourselves of ourselves and allow God to fill us and to use us. Hallelujah. Now, what are the keys that we need? You see, Bible says that through wisdom, a house is builded. And by understanding, the chambers are filled with, uh, or by understanding, it is established. And through knowledge, the chambers are filled with pleasant things. I've started emptying my bottle. <laughs> to build a large house, you need wisdom. Amen. You need wisdom. The wisdom to build. Wisdom basically means strategies. Keys, ways. That's wisdom. The wisdom to build. Hallelujah. And one wisdom we need as a church is to become a soul winning church if we are going to build a big church. Not that we win souls as a church, but we become a soul winning church. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I drive. I have a driver's license and I have a car by the grace of God. And I drive, but I'm not a driver. I can't compare how much I drive to how much a taxi driver drives. Amen. So, what I'm saying is that I'm not saying we should win souls. I'm saying that we should become a soul-winning church. I don't know if you understand me. I'm not saying let's win souls. I'm saying let's become a soul-winning church. A soul-winning church. Where 
it's like, look, soul winning is the primary thing we do. Let me give you an example. If you take like the worship choir, they sing. You also sing. But you don't sing like the worship choir sings, do you? You don't even bother to remember the lines. Do you? Why? Because they will remember for us. Even if you miss the wrong, you miss the line. God is fighting for us. Then you go on and then they sing. Then you come back to where they are. But they cannot afford to miss one line. They cannot afford to make a mistake. So you don't rehearse before you come. But they rehearse before they come. Because they don't have the luxury to be singing this line and forget which one it is and go to the next one. They can't. They don't have the luxury. That's, that's what I'm saying. A soul winning church is a church that wins souls all the time. Anybody you see is a winnable soul. That's how your mind works. Look, the taxis, the taxis, when they are passing, anybody walking on the street, they'll be blowing. Pepe, Pepe, town? I don't know what, what, what do they call out here? Tawen, Tawen. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes even you are driving your car, they'll blow. Pepe, do you want, do you? Yeah, you can park your car in car, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes even you are going the opposite direction. So, oh, Tawen, Tawen. But when I'm driving my car, even when people are stopping me looking for a lift, I don't, pass, I don't stop. I don't stop. Sometimes you are even going to another taxi. A second taxi will come and pass. Then the conductor will come and snatch you. Sometimes your, your, your taxi is parked here, then another taxi can, then the conductor will come to the taxi, say, come, we are going now, we, we are going right now, this one, they are waiting to be full, we, we are on the move, come, 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 let's go, come and sit with us, let's go. Oh no, it, you see, I didn't start life by having a car, there was a time I didn't have a car, where I used to move by taxis. Oh yeah, there was a time. You have gotten to know me at this stage of my life. But if you knew me 20 years ago or something like that, you would say it's not every day that I had a car. I'll pick a, I'll pick a taxi. You see them fighting over you. I'm coming with my wife. One taxi wants to take my wife. Another one wants to take me. And I'm trying to tell them that I have the money to pay. This girl that you are taking here, she can't pay. She doesn't have money to pay. Yeah, if she goes into another taxi and I go into her, she doesn't have money to pay. So let her, either we both come there or we both go here. Or else you take one passenger free of charge. And for me, it's a bargain because I just pay for one passenger. Amen. We meet at home. <laughs> yeah, and it will save us a lot of money. Hallelujah. So, you see the way taxi drivers are aggressive for passengers. That's how, how we must be aggressive for souls. If you see any big church, they are always winning souls. They are always winning souls. There are no two ways about it. They are always winning souls. If we can become a soul winning church. You will be surprised. The church will begin to grow before our eyes. 
to begin, we'll build a large house instantly. That every time, everywhere you, any client that comes, it's a soul that can be won. I look at those who do saloon, I say, ah, this is the best opportunity to win souls. Because when the client comes, what are you washing? No, you don't know anything about it, please. <laughs> what? Washing, relax, treatment, braids. Oh, you are there for about seven hours. I have your attention throughout. Which one is the quickest one? The one that you go pack, 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 wash and dry. That one, that one, that one, that one craft is more souls. Because you wash, you start talking to the person. You put the person under the heat. As you start talking, as they are being stubborn, you are increasing the heat. Yeah, you are increasing the heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, when you are doing the hair, are you the one who tells the hairdresser that you are done or is the hairdresser that tells you that you are done? Until I tell you you are done, you are not done. Even if I want to preach a one-hour message, as I'm preaching, you are sitting under there. If there's nothing, you just be there. It needs to dry. It needs to set. It needs to... You just come with all these technical hairdressing terms. Yeah. I hear you put the small rollers. It takes a longer time for it to dry. Until you finish preaching your message, you can't go. Yeah, I mean like my baba. When I go and he has a lot of people, in a short time he has finished my hair. When he has nobody, it's as though he misses me. He will cut my hair. He will keep cutting. He never finishes. Sometimes he can even cut the hair, then I fall asleep. Then I wake up later on. He's still... I wonder what he's cutting because this same person can cut my hair in 15, 20 minutes. Suddenly, if it's just me and him, one whole hour, he's still, hey. But I can't say that, look, today you have taken long, so I'm going. No, you can't go. You sit down till he's done. If we are so, we are so winning church, everybody we see will be an opportunity. Now, church of God, it's important for us to know that the work of soul winning is the work of the church. It is the work of the church. There's no group, no organization that God has given the responsibility to preach for souls to be saved. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, he said, he said to the church, the church of the time, he said, go ye therefore into the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ came to die to save us from the tyranny of the devil, to save us from our sins. God loved us so much, he sent his son to die for us so that we don't perish and go and go to hell, but rather have everlasting life with God in his kingdom. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to lay down his life for you and I. And he says, the church, it is our responsibility to take the gospel out there. If we don't take it out there, nobody is taking it anyway. I said, if we do not, nobody is taking it anyway. Yeah. So as a church, now I'm saying, everybody rise up and pastor 10 people. You cannot have 10 people if you don't win souls. Where are you going to get them? What, what are you looking for? 10 dancers? 10 footballers? No, you are looking for 10 people who are 10 born-again Christians. You have, to, you have to preach to them for them to become converted and become born again. Yeah. 
We have to preach to them for them to be converted. Until we rise up and take up that responsibility, you can't have 10 people following you. Yeah, you cannot. You can't have people following you to be part of that great house. What are you taking there for? Look, I, 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 I knew a girl once. One day, we, we, I think it was a Saturday, so we went for a Saturday outreach, visitation, prayer, all the things you do for a Sunday service. When I went, I couldn't find any of my church members. All the girls were gone. I was just left with one or two boys. Later on, I found out that one of the girls in the church had collected all the beautiful girls and had taken them for modeling. So I saw one girl who was left behind. So I was like, ah. I said, oh. Sister, how come? I mean, they collected everybody. And they left you. She didn't make the cut. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, we are not collecting people for modeling. We are collecting people for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is based on the sacrifice that Jesus made. If you are coming to be in the church, you must be born again. Bible says a certain man went to see Jesus. And Jesus said to him, except a man. He went, he was praising Jesus. Bible says, there was a man of the Jew, a ruler of the Jew named Dico. The same went to see Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, thou art a teacher, come from God. For no man can do these things except God be with him. Then Jesus answered and said to him, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't start in God's kingdom if you are not born again. You cannot. You can't. That you are in the kingdom of Jesus, you have to be born again. And everybody we have in the kingdom must be born again. Or else you are not helping the person in any way. The church is not a social club. The church is not a, a, a stock veil. The church is not a family group. It's, a, it's the kingdom of God. And the entrance to the kingdom of God is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the door. Jesus is the door into the kingdom. You have to come through Jesus. So my friends are in the church, so I go with them. You are, not, you are in the church, but you are not in the kingdom. I said, you are in the church, but you are not in the kingdom. And Bishop, but I know some people who are born again, but they are bad. They are, they are bad, but they are in the kingdom. You are good, but you are outside the kingdom. I say it again. They are bad, but they are in the kingdom. You are good, but you are outside the kingdom. If we fall down today, we die, you are going to hell. Yeah. You are going to hell. Amen. Joining the kingdom starts from Jesus Christ. And sometimes even we as Christians, we miss it. We, 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 we don't even care whether the people are born again or not. A soul winning church is always concerned whether people are born again or not. Yeah. 
When they will say, are you born again? Are you bo-? That is the main thing I want to know about you, whether you are born again or not. That's where everything starts from. Until you are born again, nothing has started. Nothing has started. Hallelujah. This is the reason why we make an altar call every Sunday, no matter what we preach. We can even preach about, um, even at a wedding, the last wedding I came, I preached, you must be born again. You must be born again. It can even be a Christian wedding. Do you know that wedding is the easiest place to get an unbeliever to go? Yeah, weddings and parties. Even church events, you want an unbeliever to go. Wedding. So at a wedding, usually there are a lot of unbelievers. You see that there are a lot of unbelievers because they are able to blend in because the wedding is the place where Christians dress like unbelievers and unbelievers dress like themselves. So they, they can all blend in. Never choose a spouse at a wedding. You won't be able to tell the difference. You come for a wedding from the bride to the back. Everybody is pouring their breast out. I mean, it's almost like it's a breast cancer month. So it's the best place to preach a salvation message for some of the people. That's the only place you can find them to preach salvation to them. If you are waiting for them in a, in a crusade, they will never show up. Crusade. When we were unbelievers, the only time we go to church is 31st night. Yeah, 31st night. Chalak night. We will go chilling, dancing, Drinking, boozing. When we see that it's 1130. 20 to 12. We start making our way to the nearest. The nearest music. You just come out of the club. Then you listen. If you hear some drums somewhere. That's the place. Then you start heading towards there. Because we had this belief that Jesus can easily come at the ten. Why are you laughing? You also go to the beach. You also go to the beach to go and bath at that time. You also had your own belief. So we felt that Jesus can come when it's turning to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were scared of the millennium, 2000. Yeah. We are, we are, every year we are scared that just when the year is turning, Jesus can come. Do you get it? So, 20 to 12. We start listening to the music. Hey, look, by five to latest, you must be inside. You must be in the kingdom. So that if Jesus descends, you are inside. You are inside. You are inside. Did you hear of that story where there was a guy, guy that a car bumped outside the zebra crossing? And then when the car stopped, the guy dragged himself into the zebra crossing. He's in the zebra, the car bumped him in the zebra crossing. Yes, that's how we be. We just come inside. So that when the pastor starts declaring the blessings for the new year, we are inside. We collect all the blessings. And after that, every church, they dance. So we dance with them for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes on our way out. 
Yeah, that when we finish the dancing at that time, then we step out to the next club to continue. Because the year has started. Because Jesus, Jesus had 30 minutes to come. He couldn't come. He's not coming. We have gathered enough strength for the rest of the year. That was the only time I went to church. Oh, yeah. That was like if you see church. 31st night. Yeah. Even I'm robbers. They, look, even the owner of the nightclub, he stops to go to church and come back. Am I the one to be his security guard? No. Just in case Jesus comes, I'm not stuck in this club and then he is gone to heaven. No. Yeah. So for some people, it is only at these times that you will get them. For some of them, it's only at a funeral that you will get them. A funeral is a good place to preach a salvation message because people can see death right before their eyes. That there's somebody, one of us has died. We knew the person just last week. Today, he's no more. He was there yesterday. Today, he's not there. He's lying here. We are burying the person. It's a good place. Every opportunity is a good opportunity to preach salvation. If you are, we are a soul winning church, we will always see every chance is a chance to win a soul. We'll be like taxi drivers. We'll become like taxi drivers. Yeah. I said, you can be sitting in your car. When you stop at the robot, they come and ask you, Tawin, hey, Tawin. I wonder, should I leave my car? Uh, yes. Park and ride. Yeah. Yeah. They are so aggressive that even when people are standing by the road and you know them, you want to give them a lift. They will attack you because they feel that you are taking their clients away. But you can be sitting there in your prospective member. Somebody is taking her to somewhere you don't know about. And you say, oh, it's her life. She has the right. She has the right to, to do whatever she wants to do. She, yes, we know you all have rights. When did you even get rights that you become so big on rights? Or is it a right deficiency that you are fighting for now? Yes. Look. Everybody has a right to something. But to help somebody do a good thing, they will always be grateful to you when they realize the good thing you have helped them to do. Yeah. When you help, it's not like you are helping the person do something, but you are helping the person do something good. Something that will save their lives. From, even if they don't realize it on this earth, when eternity comes, they will realize it. That through us, they got born again. They got born again. When I got born again, I was friends with a group of boys. One day we went for a camp. My first camp, it was a youth camp. Went for a camp and prophet visited the camp. When he visited the camp, he said, I want to give you two things as you go. One, I want you to become prayerful. And two, I want you to become soul winners. I, I said, wow, okay. When we were going, I told my friends who came from my church, let's make a time where we just meet and we pray. When we finish praying, we go and win souls. I thought this is what we were told at the camp. And my friends agreed. We are about six of us. From that time, every Friday, we are all waiting for our matric results. Every Friday, we meet at the church. We pray from one o'clock. We pray till we are tired. From four, people start coming from work. So we also come down. Then we start to win souls. We won souls in the area so much. One day, I call somebody. say, oh, you don't remember me. I said, oh, no. You have to be born again. I said, oh. He said to me, last, last week, you led me to Christ. I said, oh, really? You are very lucky. I was going to lead you to Christ again. Next person. Why 
Why can't it become our lives? Why can't we become so winners? That's how the church will grow before our very eyes. Before our very eyes. May God turn every single one of us into so winners. Turn the whole church. That we don't have to organize a special program for soul winning. Of course, a church must have a program for soul winning, but it shouldn't be that it's until, we say month of evangelism, that's the only time we win souls. Or what was the name? Oppression, labor to be blessed. That's it. Every day is labor to be blessed. Every day is labor to be blessed. Yeah, every day. People are dying every day and going to hell. Every single day we must give people an opportunity. To go. Let me read the final scripture to you. My time is up. First, first, second Thessalonians 5. I'm saying that soul winning is the primary responsibility of the church. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I'm reading from verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, He's a new creature. How many new creatures do we have in the house? How many of us are in Christ? You are not even sure whether you are in Christ or not. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Look at the good news. It says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All the bad things we did in the past, the Bible says that they've all passed away. They are no more. God doesn't hold them, hold us, hold them against us anymore. They've all passed away. Is that not good news? Clap for God. Clap for God. God is a good God. Now 18. 18. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He has done what? He has reconnect. To reconcile means to reconnect us or make peace between us and himself. Through who? Jesus Christ. This is what God has done for us. Because what we are in Christ. And then in addition to that, he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What is a ministry? A ministry is a charge, a responsibility. He says he has given us the responsibility of reconciling the, the rest of the world to God. He has reconciled us to God. Now he has given us the responsibility, the duty to reconcile. The rest of the people. Your, your friends at school, your friends at work, your family members. It is your responsibility to reconcile them to God. It is our responsibility to reconcile the rest of the world to God. If we are going to build a large church, we have to reconcile everybody. We have to see everybody we meet as an opportunity for reconciliation and reconnecting people back to Jesus Christ. That is what we mean by a soul-winning church. Not that a church that wins souls. So if we go on soul-winning activities four times a year, you only win souls four times a year. If we organize labor to be blessed twice a year, even this year's calendar, I think there's labor to be blessed only once. There's month of evangelism, then there's labor to be blessed only once. So this will be the only two times that you will win souls. But God is expecting us to win souls Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Everyone that we meet is a possible soul that we must win. It's a possible soul 
that everybody in your class, even your lecturer, if he makes a mistake to talk to you, that's it. He makes a mistake to talk, private discussion. You are just laughing, oh, sir. I just wanted respectfully, I just wanted to ask if Jesus is your Lord and personal Savior. He may get, I'm so get away from there. You have already put your, your foot in the door. You go away. That, that question will be haunting him wherever he goes. It will be haunting him wherever he goes. Yeah. Your boss is talking, talking, talking. So, Mr., 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 what are some of the misters? Mr. Glamini. I just wanted to find out if you are born again. Oh, get away with that born again stuff. No problem. You just get away. But it will, it's a seed. The word is a seed. It will be inside there. It will mark, mark 4, 11, it says, and the word, the seed is the word. So as you put the word there, it will be in him, hunting him, hunting him, hunting that you ask, especially if you are not in the position to even ask him such a question. Yeah. If it's coming from you that you are below, it will be hunting him and hunting and hunting and hunting. Many of us let these opportunities slip by. Sometimes even unbelievers come and ask us questions which are open doors for you to preach to them. But you want to look cool in your group, so you don't want to say anything. You don't want to say anything. Sometimes they bring themselves. They set the situation up such that this is your chance. This is your chance to, to, to preach to them, but to look cool, so you just mellow there. You don't say anything from today. Receive the grace to be able to say what you must say. Yeah, receive the grace to do that. Boldness, confidence to say, look, you have to be born again. Hey, Bishop, what if I tell them, they say, I'm judging them. You are not judging them. Hey, listen, if I were to tell you that if you are not born again, you will go to hell. You say, I'm judging you. If I told you that if you don't study, you will fail. Will you say, I'm judging you? I'm just telling you the outcome. What happens to people who don't get born again? And this thing has affected us so much that we are even afraid to talk to people. What does it mean to judge them? When you see somebody and you say, this guy is too bad to get born again, that's when you have judged the person. Because you have looked at the person, you have weighed the person and you say, this person's sins are too much. To receive forgiveness from God. That's when you have judged the person. But if you tell the person that, look. If you, don't, if you don't repent, you will die and go to hell. What you are saying to the person is that God's love and the blood of Christ is enough to wash you from every sin that you have sinned. And make you qualify for heaven. You are a candidate that can go to heaven. Yeah, but if you say, oh, you know something, this guy is too bad. I saw my roommate, hey, Bishop. Hmm. One wife said, one wife said to the pastor, he asked the pastor, have you seen the devil before? The pastor said, no. Then he said, come to my house. You will see the devil. And she was referring to her husband. One wife was singing at home. Let me tell you one final story. She was singing. She was crying with her husband, so she was singing. I am under the rock. 
Rock is higher than I. Jehovah hides me. Hides me under the rock. Go tell my... So the living room is here. Go tell my enemies. I am under the rock. Jehovah hides me. No problem. So the husband was there watching Manchester United and Liverpool. So by the time they finished, he had lost seven nails. So he was already even angry. Whilst the person is singing, go tell my enemies. He just came to the kitchen. Then he also said, we conquer Satan. We conquer demons. <laughs> but some of you feel, oh, this, if you have not seen my, this guy is so bad, he cannot be saved. That's judging the person. What he has, she has done, she cannot be forgiven. That's judging the person. But offering the person the blood of Jesus, offering the person the love of God, is actually giving the person an opportunity to escape from the devil. May we become that group that will give people the opportunity to become saved. We are building a great house, and a great house must have all types of people, good people. Look, people we consider to be, some of the people we consider to be, when they get born again, the whole church will change. What you and I could not do when they come, they will do it. Remember the, the, the apostle Paul. He used to be Saul. His main duty when he had power was to kill Christians. Kill Christians. The day he got converted, he had a whole list of Christians. He was traveling to Damascus to go and kill. Traveling to go and kill them there. Writing and he met Jesus. Even when he met Jesus and Jesus smite him with blindness and told the prophet Agabus that go and heal him. Agabus said to Jesus that, hey, this guy Paul, do you know he kills people? <laughs> he kills people. If he's blind, he's good. Now he can't see anybody, he's better. Just let him be blind. He's better because we are, now we can preach the gospel. I should go and let his blindness go away so that he can see me and kill me. The prophet started to argue with Jesus. So Jesus had to explain to him, look, cool down, cool down, brother. This guy, he's going to do a lot. It's because of all the bad things that he has done. That's why I have saved him because I have a lot of work for him to do. A lot of work. Some of them, they've impregnated so many girls on university campus. There's a lot of reconciliatory work for them to do. That's why Jesus is using us to reach them. So that when they come, based on the things they have done. Oh. Same zeal. Same energy. They will go out there. That's why everybody must be saved. You shouldn't write anybody of that. You can't be saved. You can't be saved. You can't be saved. Everybody can be saved. One of my classmates, in fact, let me not even tell my cousin. He said that when he heard that I'm a preacher, he said that until he sees it with his own eyes, he won't believe it. I mean, there can be preachers, but this guy, no. Yeah, until he sees it with his own eyes. He will, I said he should go on YouTube. He will see it with his own eyes. Yeah, he will see it with his own eyes. Yeah, we will send him the link. He will see it with his own eyes. 
Yeah. Some of the people, when they come into the church, the things they will do, oh, will be so glad they got born again. Will be so glad again. I pray that you become one of the instruments in this move to build a large church where you become one of the soul winners of the church. That the whole church will be souls driven, souls driven, souls driven. That everybody must be born again, and you will be one of the vessels that God will use. In a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but of earth and of wood, some to honor. And some to this honor. May you never be a vessel unto this honor. I said, a vessel unto this honor is a vessel that shakes his spiritual responsibilities. And a vessel of honor is one that honors what God has called you to do. May you honor what God has called you to do. I said, may you honor what God has called you to do in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for just a moment or two and ask God, give me a heart for lost souls. Give me a heart for lost souls. Give me a heart for lost souls. Give me, you see, without a heart, let me tell you this before we pray. Without a heart for lost souls, you will never be bothered when you see people languishing and going to hell. Because your heart doesn't break. You see, Bible says in, in Matthew, Matthew 9, 36, that Jesus, when he saw the multitude, his heart broke towards them. He had compassion on them. Why? Because they were going astray. Because they had no shepherd. His heart broke towards them. God must give us a heart that breaks when we see people languishing in sin. Languishing on their road to hell. Not knowing Jesus and not knowing the Messiah. That's the heart I want you to pray for right now. And then we'll go home. Lift your voice wherever you are. Pray for it. Don't pray for your neighbor. Don't pray for it. Just pray for yourself that Lord, give me a heart that breaks when it sees a yes, sinner Jesus. going to hell. Yes, Lord. Going to hell. Lift yes, your voice. Begin to speak to God. My God. My God. My God, my God, give me a heart that breaks the heart of a soul winner. The heart, invariably, we are praying for the heart of Jesus. The heart that made Jesus come all the way from heaven to show us the way, to die for us, and to show us the way. Pray right now, wherever you are. Lord, give me that heart. Give me that heart, oh God. Give me that heart, oh God. Give me that heart, oh God. The heart for lost souls. The heart for lost souls. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The heart for lost souls. The heart for lost souls. Yes, Lord. The heart for lost souls. The heart for lost souls. In the name of Jesus. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts. Fill us with compassion for lost souls. For lost souls, Lord. Fill us with compassion. Fill us with compassion, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fill my heart, Lord. Fill my heart, Lord. Let my heart break. Let it break when I see sinners languishing in sin and going to hell. And going to hell. And going to hell. Let my heart break. Let my heart break. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, O oh God. Give me that heart. Give me that heart. Give me that heart, Lord. For the lost. For the lost. For the lost, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Give me that heart, Lord. For them that are lost. For them that are lost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray for your heart right now. That your heart will beat for lost souls. For lost souls. That you'll be filled with compassion. 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 Compassion towards them. Compassion towards them. Paul said, my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they may be saved. That they might be saved. That they might be saved. That the salvation of this land will be heavy on your heart. Will be heavy on our hearts. Will be heavy on our hearts. As a church and as individuals. Lord, touch our hearts. Touch our hearts, O oh God. Touch every heart that is here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For our family members. For our friends. Our colleagues. Our schoolmates. Our workmates. Our friends. Our neighbors. Touch our hearts. That their salvation will be important to us. Their salvation will be important to us. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yes, Lord. Touch our hearts, Lord. Touch our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I want us to pray one more time. It takes the help of the Holy Spirit to win souls. It takes what? The help of the Holy Spirit to win souls. Jesus said in Acts 1 8 that you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. So, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is to empower us to tell others about Jesus. To tell others. Sometimes your heart is broken. You can see the person is going to hell, but the confidence to start talking to the person doesn't come. That confidence comes. That power comes from the Holy Ghost. Acts 4.31, the Bible says, after they had prayed, the place where they were guarded began to shake and they spake the word of God with boldness. So the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can speak the word of God with boldness. So I want you to pray for yourself right now that the Holy Spirit will empower you. Will empower. As your heart breaks, that he will empower you to be a good witness. A good witness of what God or what Christ has done in your life to other people. Lift your voice. Just pray for yourself right now. Just for a moment or two. Just pray for yourself. Holy Spirit, fill me. Jesus said, you will receive power 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witness pray for yourself right now empower me Holy Spirit empower me Holy Spirit empower me empower me your word declares that we will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon us Holy Spirit we pray for that power tonight we pray let that power fill our lives as we go out as witnesses as witnesses Lord as witnesses of the gospel of Jesus as witnesses of the love of Christ of the love of Christ empower us Lord empower us Lord I pray for everybody here empower us empower us Lord yes Lord empower us Lord empower every single person turn us into witnesses Lord into witnesses for you Lord in the name of Jesus 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 empower everybody under the sound of my voice to be witnesses unto you O God in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Empower us, Lord. We pray for the infilling of the Holy Ghost to be witnesses unto you. To be witnesses unto you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Help us. Bread that is broken. 
to soul winners. We embrace this ministry of reconciliation. As you build a great house of many vessels, we give ourselves that use us, empower us, and use us as you build. Use us as soul winners. Use us as vessels. Use us as captains in this vision and in this mission. Empower every single person from the children to the adults. Empower us for this purpose in the name of Jesus. I pray and I speak into this congregation for vessels that will carry tens, vessels that will carry fifties, vessels that will carry hundreds, vessels that will carry even more as we build a great house. As you build a great house, choose us, empower us, and use us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Give us a special heart for them that are lost. Help us that through our lives, through our wretched lives, through our simple lives, through just our lives, many will come to know Jesus. Many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We bless you. We know Peter Marisberg will be saved because of this army you are releasing into the city. We know many lives, many homes, many families will see a turnaround because of the people gathered here and because of the empowerment of your spirit. We thank you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Lift your hand. Just thank God right now. Thank God. Something supernatural has been deposited in you tonight. Just begin to thank God for it. Begin to thank God for it. Begin to, A heart for the lost has been placed in you tonight. Tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you. You who have begun a good thing, you are faithful to bring it to a perfect end. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Oh, say a louder amen. God is giving us a heart for the lost. A heart for the lost. Families will be saved because of tonight. Homes will be saved because of tonight. Generations will be saved because of tonight. Because of the heart that God has deposited. I said, we are emptying ourselves and we are allowing God to fill us with what he wants us to do for him. Put your hands together one more time. Father. Finally, I want to pray with you. Maybe you came here tonight. Somebody invited you. The person was giving you an opportunity to welcome Jesus into your heart. You are here like that now and say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and be my savior. If you are here like that, every eye closed, every head bowed, I want you to lift up your hand with me. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus to come into me. I want to be born again. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. If your hand is up, I want you to come to me. I'll pray with you. Just come to me. I'll pray with you. My brother at the back, come to me. I'll pray with you. My sister, come. 
I'll pray with you. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just come. Don't be shy. Clap for them as they come. Encourage them. Encourage them. My brother and my sister, pray this prayer with me. It's your prayer. I'm just going to help you to pray. Say with me, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I am a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. From today, I am born again. Satan, Satan, hear me and hear me well. I no longer belong to you. I renounce you. I reject your power. I belong to Jesus. I am born again. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for them? Father, thank you for these two. Thank you for the decision to place their faith in you. Keep them and use them to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations, my dear sister. Congratulations, my brother. You see those two ladies over there? They want to give something to you quickly and then you'll come upstairs with us. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed tonight? You may be seated, please. I believe God has given us a mission. A mission. And you know, just before I sit down, I just want to mention that, look, God's blessings are usually linked with about three things. One, with loving him, with obeying him, and with serving him. You just go through the Bible. Look, when you take the blessings, they are all linked to either loving God, which is the same as obeying God, which is the same as serving God. Because you serve God out of obedience to God. It's always. And God wants you to serve him because you love him. Do you get it? So anytime we get to do something for God, we set ourselves up to be blessed by God. Actually, if we will do the things that God has asked us to do, we will not need to pray for blessings. Yeah. There will be no need. Because in doing those things, the reward for it is the blessing you are praying for. Actually, because we don't do those things, that's why we have to pray. You guys, like, we find another route. (laughs) <laughs> Did you get it? But if we are doing what God has asked us to do, it's automatic for God to bless us. Yeah, so as we serve God and as we attempt to build a great house for God, you will see God blessing us practically day by day, day by day, day by day. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, the prophet gave us, is it 10 blessings? Ten blessings for the year. It's not just for January. It's for the whole year. It should be part of your daily prayer. And in these three days, is it 12? 12, okay. 
12 is better than 10. In these few days, one that has been on my heart strongly is the one that he said, we will lay hold on what we could. That's why I said yesterday that this year is a year of recovery. We will lay hold on what we couldn't lay hold on. Like any blessing that has dribbled us in time past has eluded, eluded us in time past. This year, 2023, we will lay hold on it. That job you have been looking for, which has been dribbling you, dribbling you, dribbling. This year, you will lay hold. I say you will grab it. You will hold it. You will touch it. You will feel it. And you will hold it. Yeah. It's, it's been heavy on my heart. That's the prayer I've been praying this whole week. That anything... Any grace, any anointing that has been eluding me, maybe it's a healing ministry that has been dribbling me, may I lay hold of it this year. I don't know what has been dribbling you over the years, but this year you will lay hold on it. So go back to those 12 blessings and be going through them. But every week, just go through and choose one and use that one for the week and be confessed. The, the thing about those blessings is not like we are now going to pray. It's a confession. You just confess it over your life. You just confess it over. You thank God for it and you confess. You will see it manifesting in your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.